reading from the epistle of blessed Paul the Apostle to the Colossians. Brethren, we've been praying for you unceasingly, asking that you may attain full knowledge of God's will through perfect wisdom and spiritual understanding. Thus you will lead a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to him in every way. You will be fruitful in every kind of good deed, and you will grow in the knowledge of God. By the might of his glory, you will be endowed with great power to stand fast and to endure joyfully whatever may come. And you will give thanks to the Father for making you worthy to share the lot of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, through whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, When you see the abominable and destructive thing which the prophet Daniel foretold, standing upon holy ground, the reader will take note, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. If a man is on the roof terrace, he must not go down to get anything out of his house. If a man is in the field, he must not turn back to pick up his cloak. Unhappy the women who are pregnant and nursing their children at that period. Keep praying that you will not have to flee in the winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great distress, surpassing any since the beginning of the world until now, and any that is to come. Indeed, if that period had not been shortened, not a human being would have been saved. However, for the sake of the chosen, that period will be shortened. Then, if anyone tells you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will appear, displaying such great signs and wonders as to mislead, were that possible, even the chosen. Remember, I have foretold this to you. So if they tell you, look, he is in the desert, don't go out there. Or, look, he is hidden in the house, don't believe it. Just as the lightning from the east flashes clear to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. It is where the dead body lies that the eagles will gather. Immediately after the distress of that period, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shed her light, the stars will fall out of the sky, the hosts of heaven will be shaken loose. And when the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, while all the clans of the earth will strike their breasts when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, He will dispatch his angels with a mighty trumpet blast, and they will assemble his chosen from the four winds, from one horizon to the other. Learn a lesson from the example of the fig tree. Once its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you realize that summer is near. Likewise, when you see all these things, you will realize that he is near, standing at your door. I assure you, the men of today will not pass away before all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away. Praise to you, O Christ. Today we celebrate the 24th and last Sunday after Pentecost. The tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Marjorie Ann LaVille. 
The sanctuary flowers are in loving memory of Mary Milton and Baba Broussard, and donated by Martha Broussard. The second collection today is for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. I want to thank everyone who came out yesterday for our fall parish work day. Uh, we have uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of great folks come to help and assist, uh, and so uh, a number of things cleared out in the yard, uh, as well as the rosary garden, which has been torn down now, uh, so the, the, the rails and all that are, are gone, uh, and so now we can prepare to build something, uh, something back that we can use and not simply have it roped off, uh, so we can uh, hopefully begin to, to make use of our rosary garden soon as we're able to put it all together. Uh, Mass will be offered this Thursday on Thanksgiving Day at 6 a.m. and the Latin Mass at 8 a.m. Uh, the Adoration, will, Adoration Chapel will remain open as usual for Thanksgiving Day. The parish office will be closed Thursday and Friday both. This year we will also resume our Advent Angels and Virtues activity for our children in the parish. Each Sunday in Advent, children of all ages are invited to stop in the vestibule before the Mass and select an angel ornament that represents a special virtue. That ornaments will decorate the trees around our creche here in the church, and the children will be able to practice that special virtue to prepare to celebrate our Lord's birth at Christmas. Father Alex Harb, a Maronite Catholic priest assigned to the St. Charbel Maronite Mission of Louisiana, is here in residence at St. Agnes now. Uh, you'll see him. He may be, he may be celebrating uh, the monthly St. Charbel Healing Mass, as well as some of the weekday Masses, and periodically uh, perhaps a Sunday Mass or two. Um, he will not be uh, fulfilling the, uh, the, same, uh, the same quota, I guess, of Masses that Father Hill was offering on account of his, uh, main, uh, his main priority, um, that being pastor of the Maronite Mission, uh, as well as the bishop having him assisted other parishes currently in the diocese. I invite you also to look to pick up a bulletin this weekend. Uh, I was uh, blessed to be able to go with Father Hill to Pittsburgh on Wednesday uh, and to travel with him uh, to, his, uh, to his retirement community, to his community's home uh, up there in, in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, and so I have a, a little write-up about our trip up there, as well as some pictures of the grounds and a picture of Father Hill uh, resting after the trip. Uh, so uh, more information certainly there in that bulletin. This Holy Mass is offered for the intentions of Bob and Judy DuBose. As we come to this final Sunday of the year, it's essentially like the, the seventh day of creation. We know that our Lord had gone through the six days previous and had been busy about many things. He had been working to bring about all of creation. And on the seventh day, he rested, and he saw that all of these things were good. In so many ways, the end of this year, this liturgical year, which uh, Sundays at least concludes today, is a time in which we have heard the word of the gospel, proclaimed in the fullness of the life of our blessed Lord from the beginning when it was anticipated by the prophets to its fullness and culmination in his ascension and into heavenly glory and where he reigns, and the numerous parables and stories that are given to us by the gospel writers to be able to encourage us and exhort us in the living of the Christian faith according to the word of our blessed Lord. To this also, we can add the exhortations of the prophets and of St. Paul and the other epistle writers in the New Testament who have written to us and encouraged us in the living of the Christian faith in its concreteness, in the ordinary things of daily life, as he wrote to the various communities, and the prophets exhorted us 
to particular virtues and fleeing from various vices. All of this is to say that the seeds have been planted, they've been watered. Please God, there has been growth in our souls this year. And now at the end, it is a time where Mother Church more or less rests. She has concluded her work for this year in us. She's concluded the giving of so many gifts in the sacraments of the Church and in the Word of God. She has done her work, and she leaves it to us to allow the fruitfulness to continue. Certainly she will begin again in simply another week. But it's for us to recognize the goodness of all that has taken place during this year, the many words from Scripture that have convicted our hearts and the ways in which the Lord has moved. It is an opportunity for us to reflect upon all of these things and to continue to persevere in starting again next week, always to start again, to rejoice in all that God has done, but to know that his work is never finished until we breathe our last in this life. St. Paul gives us a few concluding encouragements. He's writing to the Colossians, this community that had received the word of God, They were the ones who had received it well, and it took deep root within them, it seems, according to his letter. And he writes to them, and it would be enough for him simply to say, good job, team, you can relax now. But he doesn't. He encourages them and exhorts them. He says, I'm praying for you unceasingly. Even the most fruitful of communities required of St. Paul continued outpouring of grace and prayer and mortifications. I'm praying for you unceasingly, he says, praying for them to know God's will, praying for them to have wisdom and understanding, praying that they might be filled with with thanksgiving for the things of God. He prays for these gifts, and Mother Church places these words upon our lips once again today to pray that we might receive the same been enlightened by all of the mysteries that have been proclaimed during this liturgical year for us to be able more and more today to know God's will, for us to have been enlightened by the prophecies and the epistles of the year and to have that deeper wisdom and understanding that comes only from the mind of God, which is far beyond our own thoughts, and to look back upon this year with thanksgiving again with gratitude for all that has taken place within our souls and in the world around us. It is these things that St. Paul encourages us and exhorts us to, and also providing for us the example, the example of unceasing prayer. St. Paul tells us that they are pray- he is praying unceasingly for the Colossians, and our blessed Lord, as he's speaking about these end of things, where the sun ceases to give light, the moon longer, no longer shines in the day, the stars fall, that there will be great divisions, there will be the abominations set up upon the altar of the temple, and all of these things and persecutions, and woe to you if it happens during the winter, because your travels will be cold. In the midst of all of this woe and darkness, he exhorts those who are hearing him, keep praying, keep praying that it may not happen. He didn't say offer a simple prayer that it might happen. He says, keep praying. Again, echoing this this word of St. Paul, this unceasing prayer. And this, I think, is the key that Mother Church quietly offers to us on this last Sunday of the year. 
to keep praying, to pray unceasingly. Because this is the thing to which we are called in all of this. We must stay close to Christ. If we are to be prepared on the day where the Lord comes in his glory like the lightning that comes and strikes from the east and fulfills all the way to the west, we must stay close to Christ. We must find ourselves daily in prayer. Only when we are keeping ourselves praying do we allow the work that has been done in us to, consider, to, to, to persist, to remain, to stay there, waiting for the harvester to come and to capture us for heaven. We must pray to dedicate ourselves entirely to Christ, to give all that we have to him, trusting in his care, trusting in his providence, trusting that whenever he may desire to come in his glory or may call us to himself individually by our own death in this world, that we will rejoice to see his face. We will know one who knows us and loves us and welcomes us to the kingdom. In the ordinary form of the Mass this weekend is the celebration of the Feast of Christ, the King of the Universe. And so it is a, a day in which Mother Church offers to the faithful uh, that plenary indulgence gained uh, for the Feast of Christ the King, the prayer of uh, the act of consecration of the human race to the most sacred heart of Jesus. I realized uh, after the prayer that I, when I prayed it with you on the Feast of Christ the King uh, a few weeks ago, I realized that it was the wrong prayer. My apologies. So we're making up for it today. We'll give you God's grace uh, Unfortunately, there there are many prayers, as you may know, as I'm sure you know, of devotion to our Lord's sacred heart, and two of them happen again with the words, most sweet Jesus. I picked the wrong one last time. So here is the right one, a prayer of consecration of the human race to the sacred heart of Jesus. And it is one, again, which is, is indulgence, a plenary indulgence available for the faithful who today pray it or who listen to it prayed and join their hearts to it, together with the usual conditions of making sacramental reconciliation within 20 days, of being able to receive Holy Communion on the day of or soon, there, soon after, to pray for our Holy Father's intentions and to be able to have a detachment from all sin. And so I invite you to pray with me if you have it, or to join quietly within your minds and hearts if you, would, uh, if you do not have the prayer with you uh, to offer this act of consecration. Most sweet Jesus, Redeemer of the human race, look down upon us, humbly prostrate before thy altar. We are thine, and thine we wish to be. But to be more surely united with thee, behold, each one of us freely consecrates himself to thy most sacred heart. Many, indeed, have never known thee. Many, too, despising thy precepts, have rejected thee. Have mercy on them all, most merciful Jesus, and draw them to thy sacred heart. Be thou king, O Lord, not only of the faithful who have never forsaken thee, but also of the prodigal children who have abandoned thee. Grant that they may quickly return to their father's house, lest they die of wretchedness and hunger. Be thou king of those who are deceived by erroneous opinions, or whom discord keeps aloof, and call them back to the harbor of truth and unity of faith, so that soon there may be but one flock and one shepherd. Be thou king also of those who sit in the ancient superstition of the Gentiles, and refuse not thou to deliver them out of darkness into the light and kingdom of God. Grant, O Lord, to thy church 
assurance of freedom and immunity from harm. Give peace and order to all nations, and make the earth resound from pole to pole with one cry. Praise to the divine heart that wrought our salvation. To it be glory and honor forever. Amen. For the intentions of our Holy Father, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.